Thanks for listening. The following audio is a teaching from Calvary Tucson's Young Adult Ministry, Ignition. For more teachings, information, or if you'd like to support our ministry, please visit us online at ignitiontucson.com. We pray you're blessed by the message. Lord, I just ask that you would just fill this place with your spirit. God, I just ask that you would speak to the people in this room, including me. Lord, I just, um, Lord, even if there's just one thing that, that, someone learns or is challenged with or is encouraged by, uh, Lord, I just pray that that would happen tonight. I just pray that you would soften all of our hearts, that you would just give us all open ears to what you have to say, and that we would, we would go out, Lord, and that we would be doers of the word and not just hearers. Um, so we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time where we can just come together and talk about the things of you, where we can be in a place that is safe, Father, that, that we can be in a place where people love us for who we are. God, it's just, it's just so incredible that you have given us uh, fellowship, that you've given, the gift, you've given us the gift of having our brothers and sisters here uh, to do this life with. So we thank you for that. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All righty. So tonight... We're actually going to be doing the second part of the spiritual gifts teaching that we started um, two weeks ago. So the, the idea was to finish that teaching in one sitting, but if you guys were here for that, it was like 40 minutes in, and I hadn't even gotten to the second half. I was like, whoa, dude, we should probably not do this, or we got to start that espresso machine back up and call it a night. Um, but anyway, so we, we're going to finish off. We're going to be in Romans 12 primarily. But I want us to start in Ephesians because that's, that's the series that we're going through. So here at Ignition, we go book by book. We go verse by verse through the Bible. And right now we're going through the book of Ephesians. And so we're in Ephesians chapter 4, specifically in verses 15 and 16. So I just want to kind of remind us why we're talking about spiritual gifts in the first place before we get into it. So reading uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says this. It says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So verse 15. Uh, verse 15, he starts with this word, rather. So this is, a, this is a contrast to what he was talking about in the first verses. And so what, he was, what he's saying in verse 14, he's saying, well, I'll just read 13 and 14, just so we have the broader context. It says, until we attain the unity of faith. So he talks about how we are the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So that's what he's talking about. He's talking about growing in maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in verse 14 so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So what he's saying is rather than being a child, and being constantly tossed about um, on what you do believe or what you don't believe, constantly being tossed around by the culture and what the culture says is okay, what the culture says is right, what the culture says is true, and rather than never going anywhere or contributing to the body like a child, he calls us to grow, he calls us to speak the truth in love. So the first thing he calls us to, to do is to speak the truth in love, and how can you speak the truth unless you know the truth? 
right? So the first thing that, that I would encourage you guys to is to know the truth. One of the things that Paul prays to the church in, um, in, the, in the letter of Colossians is that he prays that they would grow in the knowledge and understanding of who God is. So in order for you to do that, man, that is why we have this book. That is why we study this book is so that we can understand what the truth is, what the objective truth is. This isn't, this isn't a relative truth. This is an objective truth. So I highly encourage you guys, in order for you to even be able to speak the truth in love, the first step to maturity, man, is knowing the truth. And then it's speaking the truth. And speaking is an action. So you actually have to go out and you have to speak to other people. Man, you have to say words. You have to articulate what you believe and why you believe it. And then the last thing, which I think is the most important, is in love. You were to do this in love. And I could argue, and I would argue, and I, and I think that it's very easy to back that up, to back it up in Scripture, is that you could speak the truth all you want, but if it is not in love, just going back to 1 Corinthians 13, then it means nothing. You're just making noise. It means absolutely nothing. It is no benefit to you whatsoever. So it's not just knowing the truth. It's not just speaking the truth, but it is, it is motivated by love. And so that, I believe, I mean, I, I strongly believe that that is the characteristic of what true maturity in Christ is. Is are you more in love with Christ and is that coming out in loving other people better and loving other people well in the way that you speak to them and the way that you treat them and the way that you think about them? And it's, this isn't just the people that you know, not just the people at Ignition on Thursdays or the people on Sundays. This is like everybody that you come across. The people that you drive, the person that cusses, or not cusses, maybe cusses you out, but um, oh my goodness, come on words that cuts you off, that's what I'm trying to say, geez, thanks Jesse, the person that cuts you off on the road or the people that, that, you're, um, that you're shopping next to at the, at the gas station or, oh my goodness, what am I trying to, my, my words, the grocery store, that's what I'm trying to say, but then gas station came out, let's just pray again, Father, we just come before you, Lord, I just ask that you would just give me the words to speak right now, um, Lord, we thank you for, again, for this time. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you that you work despite me. Father, I just pray uh, that, that people would hear you, that people would read your word, and that they would understand you, and that they would just completely forget me. So I thank you for, um, I just pray, I thank you for the, the, the humbling. Father, I pray that you would just keep, keep me humble and that you would just um, work. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So that you would see people, right, the way that Jesus sees them, that you would love people, the way that Jesus loves them, and what, what that means is undeservingly, right? Jesus loves us, not conditionally, but unconditionally. So are you loving the people around you that absolutely do not deserve it? Are you loving them well? Are you speaking to them in love? Are you speaking the truth in love? And then the next thing he says, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So he talks about, again, this idea of growing up, this idea of maturing. So the longer you walk with Christ, so this is, there is a difference, and I said this a couple weeks ago, there's a difference between growing old with God, there's a difference between growing old with Jesus than growing in maturity in Jesus. There's, those are two different things. And, I, and the, the, 
the reality, the sad reality, is that there are some people in this room, man, that have been professing Christians for seven, eight, maybe even ten years and are less mature than people that have been Christians for one or two years. And why is that? How can that happen? The, the difference is when you, there, there are people that give their life to Christ, right, that, that say the sinner's prayer, that, that accept this free gift of grace, and then they just continue living the same way that they were living before Jesus. Jesus is just something that they keep in their back pocket. Jesus is just someone that they talk to on Sundays or Thursdays or before they eat or, if they, or before they go to bed. Jesus isn't somebody that has radically transformed their life. Jesus isn't the ultimate authority of their life, right? Sometimes they'll put Jesus in that position, but, but, they're, constantly, but they're constantly switching it out. Others, man, others, when they give their life to Christ, there's a radical transformation. They are truly pursuing Jesus. They're truly getting into the word of God and not just learning it, not just, not just gaining knowledge, but going out and actually living it going out and, and treating people again in love, going out and, and speaking the truth in love. So, so my challenge and my question, I think for every single one of us to ask is which kind of Christian are you? Are you the kind of Christian that is just growing old with Christ? Or are you the kind of Christian that is growing more mature in Christ? Because there's a difference. And then the last part of verse 16, he says, when each part is working properly, again, there's action involved, right? You're working, it's called a walk with Christ. It's not called a sit and watch with Christ, right? You are, you are working. There is action that comes behind exactly what James talk about, talks about in the book of James, the, the brother of Jesus. He says, man, your faith without works means nothing, you can talk all you want, and this was, this was a, a sermon series that Nick Weiss did. It was called Talk is Cheap, because you, you can say all the right things. Man, you can, you, can, you can know the word of God. This is the crazy thing, is that you can know the word of God so well, yet you can have no idea what it means to actually apply the things that are in your head. There's, there's a difference between knowing the word of God and knowing God in your head and actually experiencing and walking with Jesus and having a relationship with him. Man, I would say that's when it, when it comes, when it goes from your head, it goes to your heart, that's when it's real. So again, I just challenge you guys, man, it's not just, it's not just about knowing, it's not just about going to church, it's not just about reading your Bible, it's not just about saying a prayer, but it's actually going out and living it out. It's about going out and being the salt and the light, Man, being an example, being an ambassador of Christ to the world, looking at the way that Jesus spoke with people, the way that Jesus treated sinners, the way that Jesus um, reacted when, when people threw someone that had committed adultery before him, the way that Jesus, oh my goodness, man, the way that Jesus even spoke with the Pharisees is so interesting to me because Jesus knew the hardness of the Pharisees' heart. Jesus already knew that they were going to, that they, that they rejected him completely. Yet what did he do? He still gave them the time of day to have a conversation with them and still spoke the truth to them even though he knew that they were going to reject it. 
Man, that is an intense kind of love. That is a beautiful kind of love because I'm sure, at least for me, if I knew that I was going to sit with someone and I was going to give them counsel and, and I was going to speak the truth to them and I knew for a fact that they were just going to reject and ignore absolutely everything that I had to say, I wouldn't have that conversation with them in the first place. Yet Jesus, man, he, he is so incredibly loving that those that reject him, he still gives them the time of day and he still speaks the truth to them in love. But anyways, um, the last part, so we work properly, and when that happens, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So what we're talking about is how we work properly so that we can build each other up in love. And what that, and, and what that brought us to, what that brings us to is the spiritual gifts that God has given us because God has equipped every single one of you in this room, Christian, with a gift, he has given you a gift, and he hasn't given you a gift for yourself. He hasn't given you a gift so that you can walk around and brag about you, that you have the gift of prophecy, or you have the gift of evangelism, or you have the gift of leadership, or whatever, whatever other things. He has given you the gift for, for a specific reason, and we read these reasons in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10, and then this passage in Ephesians. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So listen to this. To each is given the manifestation or the expression of the Spirit for the common good. It's for the common good. It is for the good of all of your brothers and sisters in this room. In 1 Peter 4, 8-10 through 10, it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Man, which is primary. What did Jesus say the most important commandment was? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. Again, love is the primary ethic of the Bible. But above all, keep loving one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, listen to this, use it to serve one another. Use your gift to serve one another. Don't use your gift to get attention. Don't use your gift to make you feel better about yourself, but you use your gift to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And then, again, we already read this one. We build each other up in love when we use our gifts for that reason. When we use our gifts for our brothers and sisters to build them up and to point them to Jesus. So, last week... Um, and then just, so in, in getting into spiritual gifts, so what we, what we did a couple weeks ago is we went through 1 Corinthians 12 and we talked about each of the gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. We gave a definition of what that is and then we kind of explained how that works in a practical sense. And so for those of you uh, that want to kind of look more into spiritual gifts outside of, of this study, just remember 12-12-4-4 um, or crep or creep. C-R-E-P, 12-12-4-4, and crep. I like to say creep because it just sounds cooler. So how, what, what I would encourage you to do is write 12-12-4-4 and then write C-R-E-P right underneath it. And so what, what that means is that um, you have 1 Corinthians, the C is for 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Peter chapter 4. So 12-12-4-4 and creep. 
So just remember that, and you guys can look back. That's where all of the lists of spiritual gifts are made. So you can go back. What? Stop it, Jazz. So anyways, um, distractions. Come on, guys. This, that's more so for me. I need to stop getting distracted. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So the gift that we talked about was the gift of wisdom, right? We talked about the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, uh, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of tongues. So those were all the gifts that we talked about. And if you want to go back and listen to that teaching, then you can just go to YouTube and listen to that teaching. But what we're going to talk about tonight is Romans chapter 12. So now you guys can turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to do the exact same thing that we did two weeks ago. Is we are going to read these, we're going to read this passage. He gives us a list of spiritual gifts. We're going to give a definition of what that gift is and how that gift is practically applied. Because it, it doesn't matter if you know what your gift is if you're not using it for the glory of God. And we'll talk about that. Um, but anyway, so Romans chapter 6, or Romans chapter 12, I mean, um, what Paul has done in the beginning of this chapter is he has talked about, this is the passage where, this, is, this follows the living sacrifice passage, where Paul calls us to be living sacrifices, right, and not to be conformed to this world, which means to be like smashed and meshed into what the world wants you to be. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, which is so interesting because what he is saying is it is a perspective change. And that was, I kind of talked about that last week after Dan came and taught for us, is his, his incredible perspective that he had as he was walking through um, the, the stages after the death of his wife. Man, his perspective, that was the thing that really just like, when we have the right perspective in any given situation, that changes everything for us. Man, that changes absolutely everything. When you look at things through a clear lens with a fresh perspective, man, that changes everything. And Paul says that. That's what he's talking about. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know, what does he say, that you that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then verse three, he says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And I think it's so interesting, right? And it's, it's not, I mean, it's very, it's very obvious what Paul is doing here because he's about to go into gifts and what he's saying is, hey, you need to come at this with a humble perspective. You need to have sober judgment about yourself. You need to understand that you are a sinner saved by grace and that everything that you do for the Lord, every gift that you are given comes from God. It has nothing to do with how good you are. It has nothing to do with, with your talents. It, 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 it's not you whatsoever. It is the Spirit working through you. It is, it is God. It is the Holy Spirit empowering you to go and to, and to be used as his hands and feet. So he's saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And then verse four, for as in one body, again, that's the church, we have many members, which is each one of us, and the members do not all have the same function. So just to clarify, we aren't all called to be the same person. We don't all have the same gift. Not every single person in this room is called to be a worship leader. Not every person in this room is called to be a teacher. Not every person in this room 
is called to, to be like, like Robert Furrow or, or like these pastors that, that pastor huge churches or, or even a pastor in general. Like we don't all have the same calling. We all have different functions. And so verse 5, he says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Man, which is, again, just so, is so cool because... And I mean, when you think about the people, and I know people like this, man, I have people in my family that are like this, that say, um, I, I, like your, I like the Jesus guy, but I don't like the church. I don't like his church. So I'm all about Jesus, man. I'll, I'll talk about Jesus. Um, they don't necessarily read their Bibles, but they, they love to talk about Jesus. Um, it's more so like the, the hippie Jesus. But... Um, but they don't, they don't like his church. But when you read this verse, it says, for as in one body, or so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and we are members of one another. We are members of one another. We have a special connection. We have a special bond, Christian. So for every Christian in this room, man, I'm not going to assume that every person in this room is a Christian, but every Christian in this room, man, these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. These, these people are your family whether you like it or not, right? Because there's some people that have personalities that you just don't mesh with. That's, that's understandable. That's, that's real. But, man, that doesn't change the fact that they are, in fact, your family. That you, man, maybe it just takes you extra patience. It takes you extra effort to love those people well, to love those people in the way that Jesus loves them. So remember that. Man, we are members of one another. So if you are not taking the time to love and to get to know and build relationships with the people in the church, man, then you are missing out on, on one, of the, one of the things that Jesus said was, a, was um, proof that you are his disciple. Jesus said that the world will know that you are his disciple by the love that you have for each other, by the love that you have for each other. So how can you love? How can, how can you say that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ if you aren't spending time with them? If you aren't getting in the trenches with them, if you, if you aren't getting to know them and giving them the time, right, to invest in a relationship, because every relationship that you have requires time. You're not going to have a deep relationship with somebody unless you, you intentionally, I'm just going to accept the fact that I'm going to say that word a lot, right? It's a trigger word for me because it's like Christianese, but that doesn't matter. I'm going on a rabbit trail. But you have to be intentional about the time that you spend with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And God has given us our brothers and sisters in Christ for so many reasons. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Um, the Bible talks about how, how a, three, a threefold cord is not easily broken. So when you're going through something, you have, your brothers, you have your brothers and your sisters in Christ that can pull you through that, that can help you carry that burden, that can point you to Jesus when you're, when you're not feeling it, when your perspective is off because of your emotions or because of what's going on. When you have your brothers and sisters in Christ that can point you in that direction and walk through that with you, man, that is a gift that God has given us. So if you are not taking advantage of that gift, Christian, Man, you need to change your priorities. You have to. You have to change your priorities, and you have to make the, you not make the time, because the time is there. You have to take the time. You have to sacrifice something in order to invest in fellowship and relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm telling you that right now. Because as, as a Lone Ranger, 
man, you, you're not, you're not, you're not going to stand. As a lone rager, you're not going to grow more mature in Christ. And you may, more, you may grow more knowledgeable, but you're not going to grow more mature in Christ. But anyways, continuing on. Um, verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Man, again, action, action, action. Let us use them. You have to use the gift that God has given you. Now, getting into the gifts. The first one he says is, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. So we talked about prophecy a few weeks ago in Ephesians chapter 4, but I'm just going to give a brief uh, overview or definition of what the gift of prophecy is. So the gift of prophecy is a special ability to speak forth the message of God. A prophet is basically a spokesman for God. He or she delivers the word of God to people by means of direct revelation, and prophetic utterances can deal with certain individuals, the church, or a larger context. It does not always refer to the future, and the word is used far more to proclaim the word of God rather than to predict the future. So when you go through the Old Testament and you look at what these prophets were saying, the vast majority of the time, what, what are they doing? They're calling the people of Israel to repent, to turn from their idols, and to go back to Yahweh, to go back to their God that delivered them from Egypt. So a, a, a lot of people think prophecy is constantly telling the future, but that's not necessarily true. It could absolutely deal with that. And I gave you guys the example of my experience with a girl that had the gift of prophecy, and she went up to this girl that she had never met before in the park when we were on a mission trip and told her basically her whole life story with her relationship with her father, and the girl like broke down in tears, gave her life to Christ, and it was incredible. So that is a part of the gift of prophecy, man, but the gift of prophecy could absolutely be, you're just, you're just a spokesperson of God, man, you are, you are giving people the word of God, that is, that is the gift of prophecy. Hey everyone, Pastor JD here, you've been listening to a teaching from Ignition Tucson, the young adults ministry of Calvary Tucson. If you live in the greater Tucson area and you're between the ages of 18 to 28, we want to invite you to join us in person. We meet every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. at Calvary Tucson's East Campus on Speedway and Camino Seco. Come join us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace.